Hey friends, thank you so much for supporting the Black Girl Business Bar podcast through listening. You're such a valued member of this community. I launched this podcast because I wanted Black women and women of color to know that they have a place to go where community is priority and a resource for practical tips, advice, and mentorship. Mentorship in particular is very important to me as I believe it's the lifeblood of all growth. One of the ways that I provide this to women of color is through my one-to-one coaching and mentorship program, Brilliant Business Momentum. BBM is for the woman who is looking to create solid foundations and structure in her business, who doesn't want to go it alone and who sees the value in having accountability. I truly believe that strong foundations and sustainable momentum are two key factors in having a successful online business. And I found for myself and my clients, the fastest way to get there is through one-to-one coaching and mentorship. So if you want to build momentum and set yourself up for success, get in touch with me at Khalida at blackgirlbusinessbar.com or visit my website at khalidadubose.com slash coaching. We'll have all the links in the show notes. I want to talk to you today about fears and how they drive behaviors in business, especially when you're new and getting started. I'm going to share the fears that came up for me a lot and the ones that come up for women that I speak with and that I work with. While listening to this episode, try to remember that while fear is not always rational, it is usually signaling something that makes you feel unsafe for a very real reason, even if you don't understand it or others don't understand it. Hi, welcome to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast, a podcast for Black entrepreneurial women who crave practical information that they can apply to their businesses and lives. I'm your host, Khalida DuBose, and in this podcast, I want Black women and women of color to learn to thrive. That means first learning what's possible and then figuring out how to make it happen. All right, ladies, so today I want to share with you the top five fears that I have had and that I see other women experiencing. To give context... I do clarity calls in my business. I typically get on the phone with women to see what their problems are before we work together. And through this process, I'm able to gain a lot of insight into what's keeping women stuck, what's stopping them from getting started, and all of the nuances in between. So let's hop right in here. And just so you know, I'm not saying that fear number one is the one that comes up the most, but these are the top five that I hear very often and that I experienced. So the first one is, where am I going to find people to buy my products and services? Okay, so the way I'm going to do this is kind of talk about what I think is going on, the kind of the underlying issue here, and then how we can reframe this, kind of unpack it and reframe it. So for me, when I was asking this question, where am I going to find people to buy my product or service? It's a service. What was really going on here was I was feeling embarrassed, number one, that I had to really put myself out there and (laughs) find my people. And number two, I was super overwhelmed by what was going on in the online space. You step into this arena and you see all these people who have it figured out, all of these people who are offering their advice. A lot of the advice is conflicting because you don't realize at first that you're maybe listening to one coach who has a completely different system than the other coach. And so a lot of times you end up feeling really confused and overwhelmed. But if we unpack this a little bit, what's really going on here is that you have probably skipped over some steps. If you're new, 
or you've been doing this for a little while and you still haven't figured things out, then it is really common for you to ask the question, okay, where do I get my clients from? Because that's business. We, we want to start selling. We want to make sure we can do this. So you're asking already day one or before you've gotten things ironed out, where are my clients at? I encourage you to think about this as steps in the process. So let's have an imaginary process here, a hypothetical process here. And let's say that the process to finding a client was six steps. And step number five is where do I go to get the clients? All right. So steps one through four have to be gone through properly before you can hit step five. We agree with that. So the reason why you're having a hard time figuring out where you're going to find your clients and this is causing you some fear, maybe anxiety, is because you've kind of skipped over steps or haven't even looked at them. And you need to first go through steps one through four and figure those out. And then by the time you hit step five, chances are the answer will already be there or it'll come a lot easier. So when I did this, that was exactly what I did. I hopped online and I was like, okay, I'm going to start selling who needs crowdfunding coaching? Because that's what I was doing at the time. And the reality is, is I was skipping over a whole lot of things. Like, do you have a proper offer? How much are you charging for that offer? What are the parameters of that offer? Because once those, some of those things are figured out, it will be a lot easier to figure out where the customer is. Fear number two is that you don't have enough experience. This can also be called imposter syndrome in some circles. So I believe what's going on here with imposter syndrome or feeling like you don't have enough experience is that number one, you're probably overwhelmed by everything that's going on around you if you're online. And number two, because of the overwhelm, your mind kind of goes blank and you forget about all the things that you've done or you haven't even taken stock of all of the things that you've done that you can offer a client. And so what you typically do is you start looking at somebody who's further ahead of you and thinking, okay, they have all the answers and I don't know any of that stuff. I would have never thought of that. So I can't help people. I don't have enough experience and I need to figure out how to get experience. If we're looking at this and unpacking this and reframing this, what you really need to think about is you're putting too much pressure on yourself. There is somebody out there who doesn't have any experience in what you're doing. If you are a web designer, if you are a business coach, there's somebody out there who needs your services because they don't know how to do it or they don't want to do something and they want to hire somebody else to help them do it. So in the case of a coach like myself, they might hire me to help them strategize because they're stuck on some points in their business. In the case of a web designer, they might be hiring them to do a number of things for their website that they don't want to spend the time doing or they're not technically inclined to do. All right, so a way to reframe this is to start thinking in terms of how can I take a client from point A to point B? Not how can I take a client from point A to point F or point N or Z? We're not trying to take the client from point A to point Z. You put together an offer and you let the client know the parameters in which you specialize in and which you can help them in. That takes a lot of pressure off of you feeling like you don't have enough experience. And as with anything, as you work with clients, you'll start to see what their needs are and you'll start to see how you can help and you just get the experience over time. And then once you have more experience, you can start to expand your messaging and help clients with different things, with more things. I also encourage you, if you're struggling with this, to ask yourself questions like, what am I good at? Where have I already been excelling at? What are the things that people are coming to me for? Or what are some things that I can do for people 
on a trial basis or for a short period of time that would allow me to gain some social proof so that I can feel like I have experiences or so that I can add a little bit more experience to my resume and offer that to future clients. All right, fear number three might sound a little bit interesting, but this one comes up. And I was a little bit surprised to see this appearing on some of my surveys when potential clients would be hopping on a call with me. But I was a little bit relieved too, because I thought I was the only one. So fear number three is you have a fear around what your current or past colleagues or boss thinks. Yes, I know this sounds a little bit weird to some of you, but I think that this fear can exist for many reasons. So number one, I think that it could exist because you have had previous experiences where this has been a thing. You've felt harassed. You've gotten negative attention in the workplace when you were doing things outside of work. Maybe you had some coworkers who were a little bit nosy or something to that effect. It can also come up when you aren't really good at setting boundaries. I'm talking to the people who might be in their nine to five still, and they're deciding to do a side hustle and they want to do a side hustle before they leave their job to make sure it's profitable before they go all in on their entrepreneurial journey. There's also people out there who have left a job recently and they still kind of have these feelings. So for the person who is still in their job, this might be coming up because you're having a hard time setting boundaries around like what's actually work time and what is your time. So a lot of times, even though we know we have nights, evenings, weekends, vacation, we still kind of feel a little bit guilty when we want to do something on the side. I definitely went through this myself. I don't know why. But I would always think, oh, I can do this on the side. And then I would immediately be worried that I was going to have to put myself out there and that my colleagues would see it. And then that could reflect poorly or that could have negative consequences, I should say, with like my boss or my superior. And that did come from actually having some interactions like that in a previous position. So just keep in mind that those things could be coming up because you've experienced things or you're not really sure how to set boundaries around them. So reframing this, you have to shift your mindset. If you're a person who is no longer in the job and you're still worried about this, I think it's time to kind of untangle yourself from that organization and just realize that you own your time. You have every right to do whatever you want to do and you don't have to answer to anybody. If you are still in the position, I think the same applies, but you might want to just really get very firm about your boundaries and set your time Make sure you are taking clients and working on your business outside of work hours so that you feel that you're in integrity with yourself and you don't have to worry about any guilty feelings coming up about using company time. And if anybody does come to you, you can very confidently say, you know, this is what I do on my own time. I also think that no matter what your situation is, if you're having some of these thoughts or if this is one of your fears, make sure you ask yourself what it would look like to center your dreams instead of worrying about what other people's thoughts and feelings are and what their priorities are in relation to what your goals and dreams are. So it's important for you to sit down and kind of visualize what is it that you want. Maybe write it down if that works for you and then figure out how you're going to work towards that and put your energy into that area instead of worrying about what other people are going to think. So I hope that's helpful. Fear number four is a fear of being visible. And this is a big topic and it could actually be its own podcast. But for the sake of time, we're just going to break it down a little bit. 
And I would say the underlying fear here could be many things. <laughs> this fear, in my opinion, can be kind of sneaky because it can show up in different forms. And in fact, you might have a situation where you're very comfortable with some forms of visibility, but then when you get highly visible, and I'll tell you kind of how I define that, you start to kind of shrink away from the spotlight. To give you an example, I had a lady message me a couple days ago, and she was asking me questions around how I'm so confident in putting myself out there and telling me how she's just struggled, that she does well for a little while, but then she kind of struggles. And she was talking about consistency and you know everything that goes along with visibility. So we know that in order to sell our products and services online, especially for those of us who are service providers, a lot of times we are the face of our business. And so being visible is something that we really kind of have to learn how to tackle. And in fact, this is the number one response in my questionnaires around mindset block is people being afraid to put themselves out there. I work primarily with women and this is what I get time and time again. I'm very afraid to put myself out there. So I really think that this comes down to being comfortable with being seen, but it also has to do a little bit with, am I comfortable with putting my offer out there? You know, am I comfortable with the knowledge that I have? Am I comfortable speaking up in an authoritative way? Every one of us who's new struggles with this. And I think it really comes down to how we are socialized in society, how a lot of corporate environments are structured in a hierarchy. And so for us, we've still, many of us, even me, after several years of being away from the corporate world, sometimes I still think that way. And I still think, have I reached this point? Am I allowed to do this instead of just giving myself the permission? So I think to unpack this and kind of start to reframe this is the key is to try not to center your fear. Instead, be curious about it. Once you figure out that you're having issues with the visibility or visibility is you kind of have a fear around it or it's making you uneasy, I highly recommend that you dive into what is going on there. It could be a number of things. Sometimes, like I said, it could just be around like your offer. Maybe you don't feel intuitively that 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 offer is just right just yet. Maybe you still struggle with perfectionism and the offer is just fine and you need to just kind of practice putting your offer out there. You need to practice putting your message out there. And I, this is the point where I want to kind of differentiate. Sometimes things are fears and sometimes things are blocks. And so I think that the difference between the two is that a fear is something that you have it just because you don't have the experience. And so sometimes you need to get the experience, walk through it slowly. And then as you get experience, that fear kind of dissipates and goes to the background. A block is like fear on steroids. It's like you're kind of irrationally afraid of something. You're not really sure what it is, but you're really blocked. Like that fear has taken root. And so in that case, sometimes there's going to be a little bit more work that you have to do to kind of get that out of the way. You have to really figure out what the problem is. And it's not always easy to solve that by just doing the thing over and over. So I just wanted to put that distinction out there. All right. So in terms of being just visible and then highly visible, the way I define those two differences, the way I kind of think about this myself is I feel that I'm visible when I am in groups and I'm leaving messages, responding to people's comments, commenting on their post, you know, posting my own thoughts, you know, my own graphics, my own photos. 
What I consider to be highly visible is when I start to get in front of other people's audiences or when I start to put video out there because I know video has a lot more reach and it has an, the ability for people to kind of get to know you a little bit faster, right? They see you moving, they can see your mannerisms, they can hear your voice, see your facial expressions. If you're experiencing fear of visibility and you suspect that it's just, you kind of have this fear and you just need to work through the fear as in putting things out there, getting more comfortable with it. And it's not like kind of like a block where something bigger is going on. My recommendation is that you do your visibility in stages. So I think you can kind of reframe it that way. And instead of feeling like you need to take on visibility, like this big visibility pie, <laughs> you can just start small. So starting small for you could look like, okay, I'm going to post three times a week and I'm going to make sure once a week that those posts have a picture of me, a picture of my smiling face, you know, talking to my audience. Then you could work your way up to posting a one minute video on one of your stories. So that could be Facebook story if you're on there. It could be Instagram story. You could be posting a video on any of the platforms, on any of the feeds. It doesn't have to be in your story. And then you could work your way up even from there. You could go a little bit longer and post three minute videos or five minute videos where you're talking about something in particular. I think over time, when people start to see you, they might invite you to do like an online webinar with them. They might invite you to do a live with them. I think a live is a nice next step after you've been doing your own videos. And then finally, you might do some online conferences where you're asked to be a guest and you're talking about something that you specialize in. And to me, that's like very highly visible because you're in front of other people's audiences and you're speaking on something with authority. And so, yes, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get there. And this is why it is really nice that when we first start out, that a lot of times we don't just explode. A lot of times it takes time. We work our way up. So when I was first starting, my thought process was always like, I want this to happen now, 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 right? But over time, I started being very grateful that I could go live on Instagram and maybe only two or three people showed up, but that's okay. The replay was there. And so people were getting used to seeing my face and I was getting used to seeing my face and hearing my voice. It really did dispel a lot of fears and helped me to kind of step into, into my visibility more confidently. And then the final fear is fear of success or failure. So this is also a really huge topic. And I put these two together because I think that a lot of people don't realize that this is even in play. And a lot of times you might not be aware of it when you're first starting. In my experience, the people who come to me who are a couple of years into their entrepreneurial journey or into owning online businesses, this is when they start to figure out something is going on here. And maybe, maybe I'm not, I'm not diagnosing anybody, but maybe they're having a fear of failure or success. So I am a huge reader and I've read a lot about fear of failure, fear of success, but I was reading Mindset by Carol Dweck recently, and she went into what fear of failure looks like. Fear of failure, how that kind of shows up is procrastination sometimes and self-sabotaging to prove yourself right, to prove that you don't think that you are going to make it, or you're so afraid that you're not going to make it that you start to do things that prove this to yourself. 
there's a range of behaviors that might pop up, so I'm not going to get into all of them. But fear of success can look similar. It's a little bit harder to spot because typically a person who has fear of success might not have fear of failure. And so they're willing to do all the things because they don't really care if they fail. They just want to experiment and see what's working. The problem with these people is that a lot of times they will have some success. And once they have the success, they'll start to self-sabotage in ways that's not always conscious to them and they'll slide backwards. If you discover that you have more than a mild case of fear of success or fear of failure, and I will try to define mild case, I would highly recommend that you seek a professional who is really good at helping with these types of mindset blocks. And remember, I call blocks things that kind of have a root, and I call fears things that are just kind of, I don't have experience, and I'm afraid for these reasons that I can work out pretty easily. So if, you, if you're finding yourself having more than a mild case, as I said, and a mild case would be something like, I'm afraid that if I fail, I'm going to be super embarrassed about this. And then the next time I try, nobody's going to support me or something like that, right? That's probably a terrible example, but I think you guys get my point. And the way that you're able to remedy that is that you simply go through the steps of trying to do one thing. So if you're starting a business and you're like, hey, I'm afraid that I'll fail, then we would break down. Maybe you would work with a coach who could help you with mindset. They could look at your patterns and then they could be an accountability partner for you. And they would sit there. How I would work with my clients is I would define for them what would be successful in this area and not the whole thing. We can't go from like, I'm starting a business and it would be successful only if, you know, I reach a million dollars in the first year. So you want to make sure they have measurable goals and they're defining success in a way that's achievable and then outline the steps to getting there. And then they will work through the steps and then they have proof that every time they accomplish a milestone, that they actually know what they're doing and that they're not failures. And then they're proving to themselves pretty much on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, that they're not failures, that they're actually showing up and that failure is not making mistakes. Failure is just completely quitting. And so you'd be doing, you'd be working on your mindset and patterns. The same thing is true with a fear of success. When you reach certain levels of success, you can have a coach, a coach would work with you to figure out what are the things that you do to start to self-sabotage yourself and what are kind of the triggers that make you start feeling like you want to pull back. All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out and listening to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast. If you found today's episode helpful or you had any aha moments, I would love for you to share them with us by emailing me at Khalida at blackgirlbusinessbar.com and telling me all about it. And I would love it if you would rate this podcast and review it on Apple Podcasts Your ratings and reviews really help us to start to rank and for this information to be shared with other women of color who might find it useful. Ladies, this show is for you. So if there's a topic that you are dying to be mentored on or that you want to hear more about, then make sure you let me know by sending us an email. We're dropping episodes every Tuesday and we can't wait to see you back then.